The virtual CISO moment is brought to you by VCISO Services, a leading provider of quality and experienced virtual chief information security officers for small and mid-sized businesses. Check them out at vcisoservices.com. Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the Virtual CISO Moment. Mary Michael Horowitz joins us. She is the founding partner and CEO at Asylus, a cybersecurity consulting firm. Mary Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, yes. And this is actually the first recording that I'm doing of the new year. And uh, um, I'm I'm really excited about the whole different platform and whole different format and all this. So so thank you uh, for, for bearing with me in case I have any like glitches with the new, with the new, um, studio software. Uh, so the way that I always like to start this is, can you talk a little bit about your cybersecurity path, how you got started, why you got started? I mean, cyber is a very interesting and challenging field and, uh, and how that led you to what you're doing today. Sure. Uh, well, like you said, currently I'm the CEO of Asylus, uh, here in Nashville, my path to cybersecurity I would like to say is unconventional, but I would, I bet a lot of people could say that. Um, so uh, I, when I graduated from college, I went to uh, University of Tennessee in Knoxville and uh, subsequently started my career in sales and business development. My first job was selling advertising in the yellow pages that you turn with your fingers. <laughs> so uh, if that tells you anything, uh, and I hated it, uh, but it was uh, certainly looking back, it was a wonderful experience. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people know what the yellow pages are anymore. So that's, that's the- right. <laughs> I know it's pretty embarrassing when I tell people what my first job out of college and they're, you know, uh, they were born in 1995. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so that I started in business development and sales, um, you know, that kind of launched my career at that point. And then ultimately in 2007, I applied for a job with a technology firm in uh, in Nashville. It was an outsourced IT firm, and uh, and honestly, I applied for the job because I, it had been a while since I'd interviewed, and and I just wanted to get some interviews under my belt, you know, and kind of get some swagger going. Uh, and I, you know, I did not think that it was going to be uh, anything I would pursue. However, I really enjoyed uh, talking to the CEO at the time. I thought he was great. Somebody that, you know, you kind of wanted to get behind and uh, and see what they had going on. And so I joined that firm and was there for quite a while, ultimately uh, became B- VP of business development for that firm. And uh, and then, you know, some of the frustrations that I had was the lack of progression on the security front um, from those folks, you know, because certainly my, myself and my team were on the front lines of kind of what clients were asking for. And, you know, I saw security go from something that we were kind of bringing up as an oh, by the way thing to it being the reason why customers were calling us. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, what we started to do, you know, to realize when we were looking at security was that security was, um, you know, if we started doing security, we would kind of start to snipe ourselves a little bit, if that makes any sense. And so we kind of backed away from it. And um, and so ultimately, I decided I was ready to make a change. Uh, and with some other folks, started Asylus back in 2015. And um, ultimately, my current business partner and I took over Asylus in 2018. And so uh, we've been rocking and rolling since then. Um, and, you know, work with small and medium businesses predominantly and um, some on the enterprise side uh, doing um, lots of assessments and, you know, penetration testing and, and all of those types of things. So, yeah, that's that's where I came from. So, um, so what is um, some of the, um, some of the 
what are the, what is like your typical client for a Silas? Yeah. So, well, there's all kinds. I mean, just like you, I'm sure, uh, you know, we get called because someone had an event and they want to start paying attention to security, right? Or uh, maybe they have a compliance, regulatory compliance uh, requirement that they need to fulfill. Um, the best clients are the ones that call us because they have clients that are requiring a certain security posture from them because they tend to be a little bit more cheerful about the spend, right? Because it appears to be a kind of a, a return on investment because they get to do business with the people they want to do business with uh, when they do the right things with security. And so, uh, and then of course, there's the others that are like, hey, uh, we just want to do, we just know security is a big deal and we want to do the right thing, but those are very, very few. And you know, right. <laughs> you know that most of the time it's because they've got to do something or something's just happened and they've got, you know, a sudden conviction around security that will quickly, will quickly go away <laughs> if you don't get on it really quickly. So, so um, you, you say that you work with small and mid-sized businesses a lot. And, and on that note, um, what would you think would be um, a significant threat today from a cybersecurity side or information security side or even information risk management side to uh, small and mid-sized businesses right now? Uh, well, you know, certainly ransomware is still, uh, it's still there. It's not going away. It's a big deal. Um, it matters uh, a lot because it's, you know, as we know, it affects the availability of our data, right? We can't do our jobs when we have, you know, a ransomware attack. And that tends to get people's attention more than just, oh, hey, we leaked some, some client information, right? Um, which is also bad, but, you know, not being able to work uh, tends to get people's attention and it's devastating to organizations. However, this year, uh, well, last year, um, we started to see tons of business, business email compromise. Mm -hmm. It's uh, risen to the top very quickly along with ransomware. Uh, you know, it used to be a little bit farther down the list and now we see it kind of nipping at the heels and in certain, you know, statistics, st statistics it has surpassed ransomware. Um, and we've had lots of clients affected by it. It's super, super slick. A lot of these uh, business email compromise attacks, some, we don't we do not do a lot of incident response, but we do have the expertise to do it. And so for some of our clients, we will help them in situations. And uh, we have seen some very, very sophisticated things. Uh, you know, my business partner and I, and I'm sure you're the same way, I approach every email, every communication that I get as if it's malicious to begin with, and then it has to prove itself to be, to be, uh, you know, um, uh, not malicious before I'll, I'll mess with it. And these particular things were very, um, you know, very convincing. You know, I, there was a couple times I, you know, I told my business partner, I said, you know, I might have fallen for that. That That is very, very tricky. Yeah, me too. And so um, the thing about that's interesting, I think about business email compromise, unlike ransomware or some of the other atta other attacks that we see is that you don't have to have these crazy hacking chops <laughs> to be able to launch an attack, right? You just have to be able to build a rapport, you know, with a human being, uh, you know, and social engineer them into doing something. And uh, so it doesn't take this, you know, crazy amount of technical knowledge or hacking knowledge to be able to launch an attack. So it's just interesting and, and unique in that regard as it relates to the attacks that we see. And, uh, and we are seeing a lot of that business email compromise. 
you know, in the way and just, you know, as for the, for example, I'll give you a couple stories just in case it, you know, it's helpful. Um, you know, a, a developer here in town, you know, where there's the invoice schemes, right, where um, they're trying accounts payable is talking to accounts receivable uh, from, you know, two different organizations and they talk about a wire transfer and then, you know, uh, the wire transfer information is sent and then, you know, within the same uh, few minutes, uh, you know, an, an imposter inserts themselves into that dialogue and says, oh, hey, gave you the wrong number. This is the this is the actual number. And uh, and so they end up wiring, you know, a, a, a tremendous amount of money over to, well, to somewhere we don't know. Right. The Ukraine, I think, is, is the example I gave at that mm -hmm. point. But um yeah, so we've seen a lot of those, um, you know, the, the, there's the HR schemes where they reach out to employees and say, hey, please, please send us a copy of your driver's license. We're updating our records, you know, little things like that. And that's not that's not as sophisticated. The ones that are the most scary are the account takeover situations, right, where they actually take over. They have they have taken over an email account and they are sending emails from the actual account of the uh, of the target or of the uh, the victim, and then of course whoever their target is gets an email from the actual account of their of their coworker um, or their you know of their colleague, and so um, your typical red flags like the you know the banners that say it's external and and all of the things might not apply. Uh, you really really have to practice ex extra vigilance in that account takeover takeover situation because um, because the email is actually coming from the account and not from you know like a spoofed domain or something like that so those tend to be uh the most tricky that we've seen and i know that um we as security professionals we evangelize that it, uh, always like good password practices use a passphrase uh don't reuse passwords and use a password manager but unfortunately of course we have now the the latest um breach with LastPass, which is very concerning. Any thoughts yes. about how that might affect the business email compromise um, landscape out there? Well, I mean, you know, if, if the entire world was using password manager or, you know, LastPass or password managers, I would say, oh, yeah, you know, just the fact that most people aren't even using them, I don't think it's it's going to affect it that much. But how, you know, it's funny that you mentioned the last pass thing because I'm still drying my tears <laughs> of that situation. I've used last pass for years and I have loved it so much. Uh, I don't, you know, I certainly don't sell it. I don't have any, any skin in the game there, but, um, but I do, I've loved it. And, uh, and literally two days ago I switched. Uh, it was, I could not, um, I couldn't in any good conscience stay with them, uh, you know, doing, doing the work that we do. But I do think that, um, uh, you know, with folks that that are do have a password manager, um, and you're on LastPass, I I would say you know jump ship and and use one that that doesn't have these issues, uh, well that we know of anyway. And then um, you know if you don't have a password manager, there's really just no way that you're complying with best practice. I don't know how else to say that. Um, it, there, it's just not possible. Um, you know, I've I've got roughly I'm sure you're the same. 400 and something accounts that I use, right? Um, and how in the world could I have this lengthy password that's unique to every single one uh, without having some type of technology in place to manage that? It's impossible. That. Um, it, it is, it is fundamentally right. impossible right. to do. That's right.
And it's hard, you know, because it, it, with organizations, it's kind of like the wild, wild west as it relates to password managers right now. There's not really any guidance. Um, you know, there's certainly not any, um, you know, frameworks that are addressing exactly how you need to implement it into your organization at this point. Um, and so I think that that's coming, right? I think that we're starting to get that framed up. Um, but, you know, so organizations are a little bit leery of allowing, you know, uh, individuals to use this without it being, you know, provided by the company. And, you know, if they provide it, how do they do that in, a, in the most secure way? And uh, and it's a difficult thing to manage. And we're talking about people that already have a whole lot going on anyway, right? right. <laughs> and then you add this thing that affects every single user, then there's this giant learning curve with, or I'm not saying a giant learning curve, but some people it could be, you know, there's certainly a learning curve to be able to understand how to, how to, uh, uh, to, to learn, use those password managers, but, um, you know, help desk calls will certainly increase, right? And do we have the bandwidth to be able to accommodate that? And most of the time, the answer is no. So it's a tough situation. I know I, I, I've been a, a very big fan of password managers, you know, as you have been for, for, for years. And it's a great tool. And, and one of the things that yeah. um, as a best practice is, is to use uh, multi-factor authentication for, for access. But that's one of the things with the LastPass uh, issue is that, and, 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 I, and the reason why I bring this up is that I don't know, and I talked about this on the podcast on Friday too, but I don't know if um, people understand that Changing a password now for LastPass or implementing multi-factor now, or even if you had multi-factor on there, that makes no difference because they right grab yep. the vault that was a snapshot in time. And and first of all, they don't need to have to multi-factor to get to it because they already have it. And, got it. That's and right. if you had a really bad password on there, because LastPass, their password requirements weren't all that stringent. And and something else that I talked about on Friday was the, uh, as the years went on, they went through like more layers of uh, encryption. I, I don't remember the exact term for it, but if you haven't changed right. your password in LastPass for, um, for some time, which if you have a master password, you you may not do that because that's you have to remember right. a really Absolutely. long one. Then, then theoretically, all the passwords that are in there, so, uh, all that they, all that the bad guys need is time, time and computing. That's right. And your passwords are exposed. So, so yeah, I mean, best, best bit of advice in addition to, um, and, and at the very least understand the risk about, um, the password manager you're using, but certainly if there's been any that's been exposed, you need to go around and change your hundreds that's of right. passwords. So, that's right. that's right. um, it's, uh, I, was at, I was at a ball game last night and, uh, and the, you know, this dad who I've known for several years of a, you know, a friend of my son, I looked at, cause I knew he had, he came up to me at the, at a gym, um, years ago and he's like, Hey, you told me about LastPass and, uh, and I just want you to know, I started using it and it changed my life oh, no. <laughs> and I've been dreading seeing him, you know, and I saw him last night. I was like, Hey, um, have you changed, uh, over from LastPass? And he's like, do I need to? And I said, I'm sorry to tell you, you do. <laughs> I said, it is time, but you know what, honestly, uh, it was a pretty painless experience for me. Um, you know, I, I fully anticipated it to be a, a headache and I dreaded it and put it off for a few days. But um, for the most part, it was painless. Well, and I even switched my son. Over. And they have, they have so an export, just, an, an export feature and right. an import feature. You, so it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it was beautiful. I, 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 things don't typically go smoothly for me on the, when I try to do things like that. So I anticipated, you know, a lot of headache, but um, I'm fingers crossed a healthy degree of fear. 
but they are, uh, it appears to be populated and working just fine. So I'm, I'm, uh, I've blown path, uh, last pass away as of yesterday. So, wow. Yeah. Th- that's, that was something that definitely surprised me. Uh, what, what I hope that I, I still think though, uh, to alluding to something that you said in the beginning, uh, when we were talking about the password managers is that a lot of people really aren't using them yet. Um, I don't, I'm hoping right. that this doesn't turn people off from it. Um, I know. Well, you're right. And every time, you know, I'm always happy when I get the question because I do a lot of speaking and training and things like that. Um, you know, I always promote password managers, of course. And every once in a while, some smart person in the room will raise the hand and say, but hey, couldn't they get hacked? And I'm like, well, I'm so glad that you're paying attention enough to even ask that question because it's a good one. And, um, and yeah, yeah. And they have been And LastPass, unfortunately has been hit several times. Uh, but then of course I used to go into the whole, you know, the way that they store data, it's encrypted, you know, they don't even know the passwords and things like that. Um, and you know, for a long time, we, we felt like that was true. <laughs> All of those things were true, but I mean, this is what I say. What's the alternative, right? right? I mean, what are you doing instead? And I assure you it's worse. So, you know, that you're not complying if you're not using a, a, a password manager. And if you're using a password manager, you got to put a, you know, a long password, I mean, a, a, a complex password, uh, master password, and then, you know, use two factor. And I'm, I, I'm positive you're in a much better position than you would be if you were doing anything else. So. You know, and the one thing about it being encrypted too, and this is one thing that surprised me with the LastPass. I, I'll get off LastPass. <laughs> I don't know why I just got on it. I, I was know, thinking sorry. about it today, but okay. um, that, that the URLs were not encrypted. And, and right. that gets right. back to the social engineering with regards to business email compromise, because even if they can't uh, decrypt your passwords, they, or they don't, they have a list of like the places that you go and boy, Absolutely. what a great right. place to mine information. Yeah. So, and that's the, that's probably the biggest way they would affect business email compromise is by using that information against you. So this causes you and I and people like us a lot of headaches and a lot of stress as if like cybersecurity isn't stressful enough. And certainly being an entrepreneur running a business, um, I can speak firsthand that that's pretty stressful and I have to get away um, and do other things sometimes away from the office, away from the phone and all that. Uh, what is something that you like to do to decompress, to just step away from everything cyber? Yeah. Well, that's my favorite question you've asked. Um, <laughs> well, I, I love, I've always been a crafter and uh, I have a side hustle um, where I make uh, customized earrings uh, out of clay and resin. Really? And uh, I've been doing that for quite a while. And it is, it's one of those things, Greg, that uh, my husband might leave to go you know, play 18 holes of golf. And when he comes back, I'm like, did you forget something? Uh, because I don't realize that he's been gone for six hours. And, uh, <laughs> and I've, I assumed he had just left, right? He just, you know, when time is not even, uh, it just goes by and you don't even realize it. I think that was, that's when you truly love something, right? Um, but then, you know, other than that, I, I do a lot of um, hiking. I enjoy hiking very much. And uh, you know, anytime I can explore uh, a beautiful, you know, wilderness, I, I, I take advantage of it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, yeah. what are your uh, future plans for you or for Asylus or both? Yeah. Um, you know, I hope that Asylus can continue to, you know, do great work, uh, 
for people that we enjoy working with. Um, that is kind of our goal. Uh, we always want to be good at our jobs and uh, and work with people that we enjoy working with. And uh, and so far that's been the case. And we hope to do more of that. And you know, um, outside of you know doing what we currently do, um, both my business partner and I are very passionate about you know children and technology. And um, we have certainly explored ways that we can. Um, help in that in that area sometimes it feels like you're sitting at the bottom of a mountain um but uh you know that's something that we are looking at to see how we can possibly help families um you know protect the kids that's a big deal yeah, it's there's <laughs> so much benefit in paying it forward i one of my favorite sayings and people who have listened to this for a while probably know what i'm going to say is that if you have a heart of a servant you will always be successful so there's no question. Well, I very much appreciate your time. This has been a great discussion. And uh, so far, so good as far as didn't have any glitches. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But uh, um, awesome. the website for Asylus, what, what is that? Yeah. Uh, thanks for asking. www.asylus.com. That's A-S-Y-L-A-S. All right. That's the website. So if you're interested in information security, risk management, and the other issues, penetration testing, um, are, are you just local in the Middle Tennessee area or um, do you do national or kind of a mix? Yeah, we've got clients all over okay. the place, all over. I would say uh, not not a ton of our clients are in Nashville. Most of them are, are scattered about. Okay, because so. I wanted to be sure about that. I didn't want to say if you're in Middle Tennessee, yeah. call, you know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Well, very good. Well, Mary Michael, thank you so much for your time and for being my first interview of 2023. I have not tripped over saying the uh, year yet, but I'm sure it's going to happen at some point in time. Of course, you know, when, when back in the stone age, when we wrote checks, that was the hardest thing is like, you know, making sure you had the date right. Right. But thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Same. Thank you so much. And everybody else stay secure.